0: Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, when a starina, who when a bihi When not minubihi, wa a Tawaka, Luali, Shururi and Fusina, when men say at the Armalina, when you are the old law of Fala, Mudilla, when my little Fala had the other. When I had all Ilah illa law, Wahda Muhammadan Abduhu, where a soul. Our Salahu Bashiran, when اينى يديه الساعه الله ورسولا فقد رشد واهتدى وما يعصيهما فانه قد غوى وانهم لا يضر الا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا ان خير الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحديث حديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان خير الامور عواظمها وشر الامور مختصاتها وكل محتة بذعة وكل بذعة دلالة وكل دلالة في النار أما بعد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتاب الكريم بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تَقُوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتنا إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال سبحانه وتعالى في مكان ثاني يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقول الله قولا سديدا today i will talk about a couple of stories in reference to surah al-kahf and surah al-kahf is the surah that many of us recite on a weekly basis and the reason i picked this surah to talk about is this is something a surah which is revisited by us many many times in our lives hence it's important for us to understand if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put so much emphasis on the recitation of this surah, then there must be something in it. And in general, when we talk about the Qur'an, we should be reciting the Qur'an to understand what Allah Azza wa Jal is addressing to us in the Qur'an. It's not just for mere reading, reciting, and not realizing what Allah Azza wa Jal has addressed to the ummah, to the mankind. And Allah Rasulullah ﷺ mentions about the Quran that lak The Quran is a hujjah, is a proof in the favor of you or against you on the day of judgment. Hence we better know that what is in this Quran that is going to become a hujjah, going to become a proof for or against. And we ask Allah that this Quran become the witness in our favor on the day of judgment. When we talk about the surah, there are many ahadith on the subject of the recitation of the surah that talks about the one who recites the surah on a weekly basis that will become a light for him from one juma'ah to another juma'ah. And other ahadith on the subject talks about that says من حفظ عشرة آيات من أول سورة سورة الكهف عصمة من الدجَّال whosoever memorizes the first ten ayat of the Surah Al-Kahf, he will be protected from the fitnah of the Dajjal. Another ahadith says, The one who recites the first three verses of Surah Al-Kahf, he will be Protected from the fitna or the trials that will be created by the Dajjal. And that's not the subject that we are going to go into the detail of the Dajjal here. But the significance of the Surah is, the Surah was revealed in the time when Rasulullah was still in the Mecca. And the Sahaba Ridwanullah alayhim, along with Muhammad wasallam, they were going through very difficult times. And it's important to understand, to distinguish the era of Rasulullah wasallam when he was in Mecca and when he was in Medina. The trials and tribulations in Mecca were different than the one in Medina. So in Mecca, they were against to destroy the deen and they did not, the Kuffar did not want Rasulullah wasallam to carry this message to the mankind. And one of the tactics they came up with when nadar bin harith one of the enemies of allah subhanahu wa taala and uqba bin mu'id both of them they went to medina and nadar bin harith was one of those guys he went and learned many stories from the persians as well so he can compete when the sallam mentions some of the stories in the Quran, which are factual stories, of course. We are not talking about just made-up stories to, to just for entertainment. Hence, the stories mentioned in the Quran has a significance that we get the ibrah, we get the lessons out of it. So we don't repeat the very same mistakes in our lives. Now talking about Nader al-Hahiz Aqba al Mu'ayyid, they went to Medina. Because they knew that Yehud lived there and they are the one who know about the previous prophets. So let's ask them, how to deal with Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who calls himself as a messenger of Allah. So the rabbis over there, they told them about, go ask him three questions. If he is not able to answer those questions, then he is not the messenger of Allah. Do whatever you want. Doesn't matter, you kill him, you do whatever you want. Because he's a liar then. But if he does give the answer, that means he's a messenger of Allah. So now they have a litmus test to figure out whether Muhammad is really the messenger of Allah or not. And those three questions was about ask them about the amazing story of the youth. What happened to them in the ancient times? And about the one who was given the power from east to west? And about the ruh? The reality of the ruh. And Allah Azza responded after a small period of time, there was a delay, another story behind it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replied responded to their questions through the wahi. Of course, Rasulullah would not just make up something from himself, he would wait for the wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he responded. And to respond to that came in the, fa- in the shape of Surah al-Kahf and some of it in the Surah al-Isra. So we're going to talk about Surah al-Kahf, some of the stories, three of the stories. I will quickly go over and not go into detail because in 10 minutes I cannot go into all the details of that. But I'd like to understand what do we get out of those stories. It's not just a matter of this resuscitation of this Qur'an and we'll realize how powerful these stories are and how powerful the lesson is and how powerful that can motivate and that can move the ummah in the right direction. So those three stories were about Ashabul Kahf was number one, the response to the kuffar of the Mecca and those uh, rabbis. That Ashabul Kahf, as Allah Jalla mentions in the Quran about their stories that there were some people who say there were three and the fourth one was a dog. Some say there they they were five and sixth one was a dog. Some will say there were seven and the eighth one was a dog. And Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who knows. And this is not relevant as since Allah ta'ala subhan- subhan- did not mention. So these were the youth, young men, not only the young men, Ibn Kathir mentions, they were the young men, sons of the affluent elites of the society. They left worshipping other than Allah Azza wa Jal. And they wanted to worship only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember that whenever we talk about worship, even though we find worship is associated to sometime to the idol worshiping, sometime son of a God, sometime the Holy Spirit and all those things. But in reality, it is more than just this spiritual or this this ritualistic kind of worship. It's more than that because the worship is defined as to be an abd because the word ibadah is coming from the same root word and muhammad وسلم, was the best abd of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and even in surah al-kahf allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred rasulullah as the abd on whom allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the revealed the surah al-kahf allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said alhamdulillah alladhi 'abdihi al-kitab وَلَمْ يَجْعَلُ All praise and all thanks to Allah Jal who revealed this book on his slave. Muhammad is referred as slave. On daily basis we are saying عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ He is the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the slave? He is the chosen slave by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The chosen one to not only worship, he's the one who will be worshipping Allah but he's the one who's calling others to, cho- to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are the one who chose Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, gave us the, 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the choice. Between the kufr and the Islam. We chose, we chose to be a Muslim. We want to be the abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means that we are making our, all our desires and everything according to Allah has revealed. That's the true definition of, of the ibadah any action that we are undertaking in our life it has to be according to commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's what the worship is so now these young men because they could not take the heat what the society was giving them because of worshipping Allah alone they left away they moved away from the society and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them to sleep in the cave and they, they slept there for 309 years and by the time they woke up society was already changed who was worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that was one of the stories as I said I'm not gonna go into detail but I will give you the lesson inshallah each and every one of us who is here next time when we're reciting surah Al-Kahf read it with the understanding what we're trying to get out of it and of course there are many many more lessons It's just few that I will discuss here inshallah second story mentioned about Dhul Qarnayn was the king Allah Azzawajal gave the authority from east to west? He is the one who was powerful. Allah gave him the power from east to west. And when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentioned his story, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Yas'alunuk an dilqanain. Qus'atlu 'alayku minhu dikra. Inna makkna lahu fil ardi wa ataynahu min kulli shayin sabba. Fat taba sabba." Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about Dhul-Qarnayn, Dhul-Qarnayn, the power Allah gave them. The righteous person Allah gave the authority from the east to west. And keep in mind when we are talking about these stories which are mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf, what circumstances these verses were revealed. Again go back, it was the Meccan time when the Kuffar of the Mecca were very harmful, harsh towards Muhammad and the Sahaba. And Allah is reminding them, look what happened to the righteous person like Dhul Qarnayn. He was given the authority from east to west. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the story of how Dhul Qarnain built the wall between the mankind and, uh, uh, and the people, Yajuj Majuj, the nations. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about another story, which is the story of Khadr. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala just mentioned him as the Abd of Allah wa ta'ala in the Quran. The Khadr is coming from the hadith of Rasulullah the name. Now the story goes back as Musa wa Wasallam once he was addressing his nation and he was referring to him he is the one who is the most knowledgeable. In Allah Azzawajal wanted to show, show Musa salam, that this is not the time to be arrogant about. And there is somebody else who has a knowledge that you do not have. And that is about for indina wa'allamnahum min That Musa السلام, and his slave, was well, the servant who was along with him when Allah Subh'anah told him, told him, go to a certain place and you will find my abd, the one who has the knowledge. And he found that abd. And that abd, when they met, he wanted to learn from him. What is the knowledge Allah has given him that Musa did not have? And he said, okay, let's go out until, he said, but you will not be able to be patient with me. And Musa said, no, I will be patient. They got on the ship with him, with the Khidr. And uh, once they reached the destination across the river, he made the hole in the, sh- uh, 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 in the boat. <coughs> Musa a.s. said, why did you make the hole in the boat? This poor guy, they gave you a ride from one side of the river to the other side, and you, you made the hole in the, the boat. And Khadr said, I told you you will not be able to be patient, don't ask me anything about what I'm doing. And he said, Musa said, no, no, I will be patient. And then they met a small young, young boy. Khadr went ahead and he killed him. Musa said, he did not do anything, you unjustly killed a boy. And Khadr again said, didn't I tell you? You will not be patient with me. And Musa said that, Inshallah, next time I will be patient. I will not question you whatever you do. And if, we do, if I do that, then we will go different ways. Then we, they move forward. They get to a village. When they got to the village, they asked for to be guests and they did not take care of them. And that's the norm used to be. To become the guest of the people if you are from outside. And then they saw a wall which was crooked. Khidr went ahead and himself he started repairing the wall. And he did not ask for any kind of recompensement for that. (coughs) Musa again said, you should have asked for something. They are the one who did not take care of us. And now Khidr said, now we we have to go different ways because you again asked me the question. But he said, I'll tell you the answer for the the questions that you were asking. He said, the first one, the one who was with the ship, when he made the or boat, I made, he made the hole because there was a king over there. Whenever he sees a nice boat, he will take away from the people. And when he made the hole, it became defective. And now the king will not take it from him. And the boy that was killed, that was killed because his parents were righteous and he would have gone grown up to be a wicked person Allah gave Khidr the knowledge that he did not give to Musa we don't have that knowledge so not talking about you think of a child as a wicked and go ahead and do something to it this is not what we're talking about here Khidr was given a knowledge that was not given to other hence Musa was even asking and about the wall he said there was a treasure buried by the righteous children, the righteous parents of the, the two yatim, orphans. And when they will grow up, they will get that treasure. If the wall will fall down, somebody else may have found that treasure. So that's why he straightened the wall. Now, what is the lesson that we want to get out of it? Look, Allah Azza wa has sent Muhammad with the mission. Of that was the bishop Muhammad was sent with he was going through a difficult times, and there was sahaba at that time they could not tolerate the hardship that they were going through Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la gave them the permission to migrate to Habasha the way the Ashabul Kahab did and when it comes to when it comes to the story of Khadr al-Musa there are many things that you and I may think they are against our intellect, but Allah has commanded us to do. But Allah has commanded us to do. Whether we see the benefit in, in that or not, because it is from Allah Azza wa Jal, we must do it. And that's what Khidr was doing. Khidr had the knowledge, we don't. We have different kind of knowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. And we have to live and obey Allah by Allah's commands. And the third thing, the lesson from that story is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the authority to His righteous people on the earth. Like Dhul Qarnaym. And that was affirmation for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the sahaba at that time and all the believers until the day of judgment. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us authority will give us authority so we can show the mankind the real mercy of Islam. But we have to have this conviction. Or are we going to just recite these surahs like that as stories, like of the past, as the kuffar used to say, Anzal Oh, these are just the stories of the past. They are just the stories of the past. As nadir Ibn, ha- nadir ibn Harith was saying to Muhammad, he was thinking of, he used to bring the stories of the Persians and compete with the story Allah is mentioning in the Quran. The stories mentioned in the Quran are not made of fairy tales. We understand this is from the, from the Rabb of the heavens and the earth. And everything in between, whatever He has given to us, that is a fact that has happened, and we have to learn from it. And if we understand that, then we will become really the Abd of Allah Azza wa Jalla, following the footsteps of Muhammad and bring this deen of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, in practice in a manner that Muhammad sallallahu did and implement the deed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the form that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised us. The promise that was given to us in the form that Allah the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu said and inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us the one who will make that hadith that I'm going to mention is the one which becomes a reality that Rasulullah s.a.w. said about the Nabuwa. The Nabuwa will be among you as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wishes, then Allah will take it away. And then there will be Khulfa Rashideen among you, and they will stay among you as long as Allah wishes, and then Allah will take it away. And then there will be kings among you, like the khulafa will be like kings. As we know, Banu Umayyah, Banu Abbasiyah, and Uthmaniyah. And then the hadith said that Allah will take that away. They will stay among you as long as Allah wishes. As we know in 1924 that was ended. And then the hadith goes on, then there will be the time of dictatorship over you. And that's what we are living through. And then the hadith said there will be, there will be return of the Khilafah ala minhaj al-nabuwa. Not even talking about khulfa uh, on the footsteps of, khila, of the khulfa of Rashidin, but rather on the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If we read this surah with this conviction, this understanding that these things were have mentioned there, they are going to happen again, and insha'allah, we'll take the Ibrah and the lesson from the stories mentioned in Surah Al Kahf. Waqulu qawlihaza astafuru lili wa lakum alasalimuslimin astafuru inna huwa رحيم. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts.